1: dot com hotline and talk to Tori you can of course follow Tori at her Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney and of course Atlanta dot com is where you can check out all of her work Tori as always appreciate it thanks for a few minutes here this evening as uh, you know the Falcons get ready to go on the road and uh, take on a team that we don't get to see all that often in the Cincinnati Bengals
0: yeah no you're right and it's interesting because we were talking to Arthur Smith today and he made the comment I really do believe this he was like this is a big week for us because you're coming off of a a pretty decisive win against a good San Francisco 49ers team. It's like, who are they going to be moving forward? And it's something that I wrote about today, even, where I was talking about, okay, they've won a game, and they've won a game decisively. But how the Falcons respond to winning that game, I think will be kind of pretty vital to understanding the culture of Atlanta because – Right now, what Arthur Smith was saying is he was was kind of essentially like, you know, you have to be objective with your evaluations in a win or in a loss, and sometimes it's hard to in a win, but if the Falcons can kind of take this 49ers win and kind of ride this high a little bit, I mean, I think you're in a good position to go up to to face the Cincinnati Bengals, who right now, they're 3-3 and as well.
1: You know, Tori, I've been breaking down numbers like crazy uh, over the last couple of weeks here, and... Look, here's where we're at, and I think it's very. I think the journey is really fascinating to me. So, when Marcus Mariota throws it 20 times or less, they're three and zero. When he throws it 21 or more times, they're zero and three. Right now, they <laughs> throw it about a third less than the average quarterback throws it in a game. Also, if you look at last Sunday, the average winning quarterback in the league threw it 34 times in their games. 13 games at 34 attempts per game. The Falcons completed 14 passes, or or attempted 14 passes, excuse me. I don't think any of this is random happenstance. You and I have talked a lot about this. I really do believe that this formula, they have got this thing kind of figured out about we dominate the line of scrimmage, we run the football effectively, we can almost plug and play with our running backs because our offensive line has played well, and we don't let the quarterback put the ball too often in harm's way. It really does feel like when you start to break this down that that formula has really come together as we're really going to hit, you know, midway here in a couple of weeks and things like that. It really feels like that they have found their groove for what their offensive identity is.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like they found their identity. And I think it's really interesting because I think when we were going into this season, and we were looking at this team, especially this offense, it was a major question was what is this offensive identity and, and what is this team going to look like? And I, I think we have that answer. We're, we're six games in, and it really does feel like the identity of this team, and I think I've said it on the show before, is like they have a basis, basic foundation in physicality, and that is as evident as we've ever seen it in the run game. I mean, I, I it was funny because – when I was going back through the game this past Sunday against the 49ers, at one point I wrote down, I was like, the Falcons are going back to their roots, which is running the ball. When could we have said that about a Falcons team, that their roots are in running the football? I mean, I don't, it's been, a. it's been years. So the fact that that is a part of their identity, that is their roots, I think is so vital to understanding kind of the shift that is happening in Atlanta, because I, I think that's what's most evident is how they're running the football and how productive this offense has been because of it.
1: Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com is joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. You know, I saw your quote that you put up from Marcus Mariota talking about throwing to Pitts and, and, and just going after it and targeting him more. I was glad to see that because you know I I've said when it comes to why Kyle Pitts has not scored enough It's on Arthur Smith. It's on Marcus Mariota. It's on Kyle Pitts. It's on everybody. I do like the idea, and I'm hoping that maybe that trust gets there about, okay, you know, maybe I can force the ball to him a little bit. Maybe if we get the right scenario, Mm -hmm. I can push it into him a little bit more because. Again, as I've said, Tori, we're not going to change the red zone offense.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect
2: avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line.
0: They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Until we talk about how we get Kyle Pitts involved in that.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because this is something that I feel like we've been talking about all season, particularly in week two and week three when everybody's freaking out about how little Kyle Pitts was targeted, how, how not involved he seemed to be, et cetera, et cetera. When everyone's freaking out. And it's funny because I wish we would have gotten this quote from Marcus back then, because this is exactly what I think I wrote when I was saying, you know, I'm not exceptionally worried about Kyle Pitts lack of targets yet. And it's because it really did to me when I was looking at it, it was like, when you were looking at Kyle Pitts through the first three games of of the season, Marcus wasn't throwing the fifty-fifty ball to him. It just wasn't. It wasn't going. If there was a less than a yard of separation, it wasn't going to him. Now, I think what Marcus was saying today, and, and I even was looking at it, it's like you know he is getting a better understanding. I think of the way that he can incorporate Kyle Pitts and get him more involved because he was like you know he said point blank. He was like Kyle's going to be open even if he's somewhat covered, and I think that's such a good. Good point. I think it's almost something that Marcus Mariota had to learn about Kyle Pitts and vice versa, because that to me is like feeling more confident and, and more uh, just comfortable giving Kyle that responsibility in that moment to go up and get the 50-50 ball, those contested balls. That to me is a sign that Marcus is sitting there in the pocket being like, yes, I know that he has somebody kind of all draped all over him, But I trust him to come down with those 50-50 goals. I think that's a a sign that there has been growth in that relationship on the field.
1: Tori, another interesting thing I saw you tweet out today was the idea of Coach Smith did not say anything about the guys on IR. And look, obviously, Patterson's Mm -hmm. still a couple of weeks away before he's eligible. But, again... You know, you and I nailed the idea of, okay, Deion Jones probably will not play again for the Falcons. And sure enough, a week after he was eligible to come off IR, he was traded away. But Marlon Davidson, Jalen Mayfield, even Damian Williams now is eligible to come off of IR at this point. I think it's very interesting just watching how this roster is. And look, they're going to have some interesting decisions when they feel like Damian Williams is healthy. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Algiers a the guy they drafted. They like him. You can't argue with the production that Caleb Huntley is. I mean, look, he's not – again, he's not running it like he's Jim Brown or something, but, I mean, he's been very productive for a guy and what they've asked Mm -hmm. him to do. That running back room all of a sudden has got to have some interesting decisions over the next two, three, four weeks as far as how they kind of tweak the carries and who they carry and different things like that.
0: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's a question that I've had too because when you think about it, you're like, yeah – Damien Williams could be called up at any point in time. And with CP potentially coming back at the beginning of November, it's like this group does look different in November than what it does right now. And it's like, but you can't take away from the fact that Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley have been doing great things in the run game. And I mean, they've, they've looked, I think, like guys well above their their age or their years and experience in the league they're running the ball very well running the ball very physically and it's like do you move away from that because damien williams and cp are healthy again i mean that's i'm glad i'm not being paid to um make those decisions because that's a hard that's hard a hard decision to to look at but especially when it comes to damien williams i think more than Cordero, Cordero Patterson because we've seen CP we know what CP can do we haven't really seen a lot of Damian Williams in it, but you've seen so much of Tyler Elser and Caleb Huntley that you trust them in in those third down situations where you need two or three yards so for all of all of that to say yeah you're exactly right they have a, a lot of decisions to make in a lot of different places but especially with a healthy running back room when you have four guys deep and then also you have to include Avery Williams in that conversation too because he's getting sparing he, he's he's being used sparingly in a, a few different ways especially coming out of the backfield so it's going to be interesting
1: it's our weekly conversation with Tori McElhaney from atlantafalcons.com as she joins me here on the WaitForIt.com hotline quick follow-up to that you mentioned Avery Williams um we had our morning show had Dave Ragone on uh, no not Dave Ragone um Who's the special teams? Uh, Marquise Williams, the special teams coordinator. Marquise, yeah. Yes, Marquise Williams. And he talked about the idea of that he thought Avery Williams being, you know, in the running back position has helped him in the return game. Now, Arthur said, you know, hey, listen, we were talking to Avery Williams about maybe, you know, he might have to play some corner with all the injuries we had last Sunday. I wonder if they don't kind of tweak him a little bit back to corner now that Haywood's, you know, out for a while and, what their production may be just to, if they want to open up another running back spot, I think that roster manipulation is going to be pretty interesting. And I wonder if Avery Williams isn't one of those swing guys as far as just where they designate him.
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely an option. I mean, we saw him in training camp kind of go back and forth towards the end just to get some reps at at DB, but um, I, I think it will be interesting. I feel like right now, even without Casey Hayward, with Casey being on IR, I do think the defensive back group is still in an okay spot. I thought Darren Hall played very well um, against the 49ers on Sunday. I think if you can get D. Asford, who was not practicing today, if you can get him back, he's played well for you. Uh, you have Isaiah Oliver back to play nickel. I mean, they, to me, when I'm looking at this defensive back group, like, To me, it's not necessary yet to move Avery Williams back there. Um, I think for right now, he's fine where he is. Now, is that a different conversation for two weeks from now when you do potentially get CP back, when you do elevate Damien Williams from IR? I mean, all of those things, I think, are always on the table for him to kind of go back and forth if the need arises. I don't know if that need is there yet.
1: Corey, um saw Michael Walker coming back to practice, and hopefully he's available this week. You know, when you look at this matchup against the Bengals, they have five guys that have caught over 20 passes, and Samaji Piron is another guy who's caught 12 passes coming out of the backfield. They really do a good job. Burrow does a great job of spreading the football around. They target a lot of different guys. And remember, I don't think a lot of Falcons fans know, they got Hayden Hurst that's, uh, that's part of their group as well, and he's got over 20 catches mm-hmm. this year. It really feels like, you know, with Casey Hayward down and they're kind of having to shift some guys around, it really does feel like Michael Walker and his coverage ability is going to be an important factor in getting him back and helping out in pass coverage this week.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so, and I think you know we'll continue to to watch, you know how Michael Walker progresses through the week because you know you those groin injuries are are not fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you hope that he can kind of go back out there because he is the the defensive signal caller, and even though Rashawn Evans had that responsibility against the Forty Nineers this past week, you you look at a guy like Michael Walker and. It was interesting, even Arthur Smith said today, you know, we're really happy with what Michael Walker has provided us. And I, I think when you talk about this...
2: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here.
1: Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers.
2: Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com
0: Bengals offense, you talk about how they use all of their different receivers, and it may be a situation because Casey Hayward has statistically been arguably your best corner. When you don't have him on the field, who else can pick up The slack elsewhere, I think that's something that I've talked to a lot of offensive players about when CP went down. It was like CP could do all these different things. You have to spread out that responsibility to a, a few different people, and I feel like they've done a good job of that. Well, how does that translate to now not having Casey Hayward out there? How does his responsibilities and what offenses look to attack with this defense change when he's not on the field. I think you're exactly right in that that potentially if Michael Walker gets the green light to, to get on the field on Sunday, his role expands a little bit.
1: Tori, last question for you. Any concerns about where we are with the pass rush? Believe it or not, I know they've lost two sacks over the last couple of weeks because of penalties, but they're actually off pace. Um, they're off pace of what they were last year at this time as far as total number of sacks. And obviously it did not end very well for you know how many sacks they had. They had 10 sacks, believe it or not, through this time last season, through six games, eight sacks thus far. Look, I think Katie has done a great job. I hope he continues to stay on the field. I don't want to see Ogundaeji injured, but I want to see more of Katie But is there some concern that with the last couple of weeks that – Yes, I understand that penalties took a couple of sacks off, but they have not registered any sacks. They need to get back, it feels like, this week because Burrow's been sacked 21 times already this season. feels like this is the week to get healthy.
0: Yeah, I I agree uh, with that wholeheartedly. I think the reason, too, why you've seen that sack production kind of taper off a little bit, if we're just looking at the 49ers, the way they play, the way Jimmy Garoppolo operates the offense, it doesn't really like allow the the penetration to get there, and to the extent where you're getting sacks, I think you saw him a lot of times checking down. I think you saw him a lot with those quick passes to whoever it was, whether it was Debo Samuel or wh- whoever. That, to me, is not – the fact that the sack numbers aren't there right now isn't a huge indicator of this defensive front not working because I do think that the defensive front, when you watch them over the course of the first six games of this season, I think they are way more productive in causing errant throws, making the quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket. I mean, that was something that we talked about at this time last year, of that was a problem area for this defensive front for the Falcons. They weren't getting the quarterback off of his spot. They weren't making him uncomfortable. I do think that now they are. Now, just because the sack numbers aren't there, I don't necessarily think that that's, you know, the end-all be-all. It would be great to have with the amount of times that you're seeing Taquan Graham or Arnold Evacati getting to the quarterback and hitting the quarterback, but not necessarily bringing him down. You, you hope that that extra step comes. But for right now, I'm not overly worried about it, but I do believe, you know, I'm, I'm we're on the same page where I think, like, this is a good opportunity for when they face the Bengals this Sunday to, to kind of see that number maybe go up a little bit.
1: Follow her on Twitter, at Tori underscore McElhaney. We talk to her every Wednesday throughout the season. Tori McElhaney is a reporter for AtlantaFalcons.com. Check out all of her work there. And she joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Tori, as always, appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk again
2: next Wednesday. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?